In a world asking the question, what if the movies that got delayed came out on time and they were different? That's the case in my universe. I'm Steven Schinder and you're listening to Delayed Replay, Season 5, airing every other Saturday, unless I change my mind. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Delayed Replay, a season five premiere of that podcast where we recap and review movies that got delayed in that other universe but came out on time in our universe. I'm your host, Stephen Schinder, and joining me once again, who's someone who's been on some previous episodes, it's Vinny Tangerlini. How's it going? You seem surprised when I did that little intro there. I was, I was like, season five premiere i get to be the premiere (laughs) i'd have worn a better shirt (laughs) yeah because yeah better shirt for this audio medium yeah yeah people could definitely hear the different types of shirts oh yeah you can tell that i'm wearing just a a tea just a standard tea under the sweatshirt yeah and you're drinking tea as well (laughs) (laughs) gotta keep it up yeah so we're talking about a movie that came out November 17th, so toward the end of last year for us, um, on Star Wars Holiday Special Day of all days, apparently. But oh. uh, yeah, this is that John Krasinski directed and written and produced movie and starring, he's also in it, uh, IF, which is actually, it stands for something. It's IF and it stands for Imaginary Friends. Yeah, before we get into the plot, um, have you ever had an imaginary friend, Vinny? I yes. Uh, and I, I mean, don't so, mean and I don't mean a friend who has ga- gaslit you into thinking <laughs> that they're your friend. I mean like a friend that you imagined in your mind, and they're yeah. So yes, I don't remember this story, but it is infamous in my family. I guess when I was a kid, my brother was three years younger than me and we got into a full fist fight like punches kicks the whole works over who was going to walk our imaginary dog oh my gosh didn't have a dog (laughs) and we got into a full fight and when my mom broke up the fight she was like what are you fighting about and we were like well we're trying to decide who gets to walk the dog and she was like, what dog? And we were like, our imaginary dog. What was so, the dog's name? <laughs> I, yeah, I, to be honest, I do not remember. Uh, I don't even, I, like, I've only heard this story retold to me. I don't even okay, remember. Okay, so you don't know, like, what breed it was, allegedly? Probably Black Lab. That was, okay. I was, I think we both had a long obsession with Black Labs when we were little kids. So, but, yeah, I don't remember the, like... And I'm sure I had other imaginary friends, but I don't remember any of them, which is probably uh, very fitting for the themes and tones of this yeah. movie. Uh- <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the imaginary friends that I had when I was a kid, I'd basically just copy and paste them from something I, I was watching. Um, there's this cartoon on a few VHS tapes. It was a car- a Canadian cartoon called Stickin' Around. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Oh, no, but that sounds... The title is so funny. Yeah, <laughs> it's especially um, when you know that the characters are drawn kind of like stick figures. Like, the animation style is very much like... It looks like a kid drew and colored 
this thing and i love uh, that yeah so the running thing is that these kids um they imagine these scenarios that they're in as they're trying to solve the problem or whatever one of the episodes involves a baseball game and one of the main characters imagines like five different superhero alter egos because he collects comics in this episode um i think just in that episode i don't know if it's mentioned in any other episodes which is kind of weird now i think about it but uh, <laughs> but i do remember like having those pretending that those five superhero alter egos were my imaginary friends at one point um, i love that yeah and i also grew up watching foster's home for imaginary friends a very classic cartoon network show. loved that show i was obsessed with that show yeah wasn't it weird how blue was very friendly in the pilot and then in the series he's just a jerk <laughs> such a jerk <laughs> what imagine is it grim adventures of billy and mandy where they have fred fred burger yes. the imaginary friend <laughs> I don't know if he's imaginary, but he was definitely a character. <laughs> he was okay. I maybe I've conflated it. I thought he was like an imaginary friend, but or like not everyone can see him. Now I'm just trying to think of famous imaginary friends. Mm. But yeah, Foster's Home. Oh, what a pro show! Watch it, listeners. In our universe, it's still going. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's on season twenty now. Yeah. <laughs> It's the longest running TV show in our universe <laughs> in the history. Grey's Anatomy ended a long time ago, yeah. but Foster's Home continues. Yeah, like, yeah, like there was a time where I thought the show ended, but then I checked it. I was like, wait, the show's still going on? Why? <laughs> and people aren't complaining about it like they do with The Simpsons? That's wild. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's kind of like the plot of this movie where... um. So when I saw the trailer for this movie in front of whatever other movie I was watching, the trailer begins with the question, what if, and then you see Ryan Reynolds. And so obnoxiously out loud in the theater to nobody, like not even any imaginary person. I was just saying, what if Deadpool? And then just left at that. <laughs> like nobody left. As I expected. <laughs> yeah, that sounds fair. <laughs> Not even the imaginary people laughed. <laughs> yeah, like there were a few people in the theater, but I just, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this is a weird movie. Um, so Ryan Reynolds plays a neighbor of this girl. He's referred to as the man upstairs, and the girl played by Kaylee Fleming, her name is B, which is short for Beatrice. What'd you think of how this movie began like how it got from like the ordinary into the f more fantasy aspect i actually liked that about this movie i felt like it it got it was kind of a a subtle start i think they they eased us into the world of imaginary friends pretty well we get like a solid maybe 12 minutes of just normal life, introducing the normal characters, it, you know, setting the seeds for stuff, but we don't really get hit with the immediate thing, which was kind of nice. It was cool to watch a movie that was just being a good movie and then be like, oh, it also has this whole like animated 
uh, Pete's Dragon aspect to it, um, but to but to give it you know a a bit of time before that happened. I like that we eased into it a little bit. We met the characters, and we got to see them interacting in real life before it kind of turns into a, a delightful animated comedic romp. Yeah, the big purple one, like, really reminded me of, um, I don't know if you ever saw this movie, but the DreamWorks movie, I think it's called Home. Oh, it's one yes. of the purple alien. Yeah. Yeah, one of my roommates in college was like, he didn't like that, I liked that movie. <laughs> Isn't that also Steve Carell, or did I make that up? No, um, well, in, in this movie or in Home? In Home. In Home, uh, that purple character is voiced by um, Jim Parsons, uh, you know, Sheldon from The Big Bang Theory. Yeah, okay. Which is also, in our universe, still on. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, what did you think of the beginning, especially like as they started to introduce uh, imaginary friends? Yeah, so for a little bit, they were kind of going with a bear motif, right? Like they introduced like this a sort of grizzly bear looking character and then some gummy bears. Um, and you come to find out that one of these bears is actually... You know, all these are imaginary friends who were abandoned by the people who imagined them and then grew out of them. And one of these bears is named after Winnie the Pooh because, you, you know, like the original Winnie the Pooh is public domain now. So they figure oh, they right. as well do that. Yeah. Another weird thing about this was they, they did not market this very well in the trailer, but this was also a musical so, like, you do yeah. see a little bit of dancing in the trailer, but there, there is a lot more musical genre in this than I was expecting just based on the marketing. The music is by uh, that dude that does all the Pixar music. Um, oh, Randy Newman, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, well, the songs is like, you got an imaginary friend. <laughs> <laughs> yep precisely uh <laughs> uh a real uh uh yeah <laughs> did you ever watch um everything everywhere all at once i did yes uh so in, in that movie rakakuni was voiced by randy newman i don't know if you knew that oh my god i did not know that <laughs> but it makes sense now yeah (laughs) but Uh, yeah i mean speaking of like voice cast this is uh a stellar cast it's probably the best part of the movie for me is how impressive uh nobody phones it in for a movie where you could easily phone it in uh and nobody really does especially as we're getting to meet all these uh characters you know it would be so easy for lewis gossett jr to just you know kind of oh i'm here i'm famous but i think everybody really does a great job yeah you even got steve carell as uh the suspiciously named blue um i kind of wonder if 
Cartoon Network wants to have a word about that, but um, yeah, like you got a great cast here. John Stewart as a robot. What what'd you think of the design of the robot that he played? Uh, I it was it not what I expected, but I mean, I think they really what was cool about it was they took it like how I would imagine a kid builds a robot in their head. And so they just said yes to everything. So he's got all sorts of stuff that makes no sense. He's big and small at the same time. He's disproportionate. But I think it's very, like, fitting for how a kid would build a robot uh, in their brain or, like, an imaginary robot of, like, oh, and add this and add this and add this and add this, all these different pieces. Uh, he feels kind of built that way where it's just sort of, ad hoc adding to it every time yeah and we come to learn that you know the kid who imagined this robot also imagined a laboratory in which it was built and it's like wait 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 hold up what are the rules of this world you know like how how much can a kid imagine that becomes real like that seems way too op to imagine an entire location you know <laughs> yeah I th what was cool about that was it like it fit with the uh, the like uh kind of the of this uh, we have seen it in other movies right we've seen it in inside out we've seen it in uh maybe just there uh but <laughs> we've seen <laughs> <laughs> uh, some other movies uh, that may only have come out in our, in our universe, and so I can't talk about them. But uh, <laughs> but we've seen the idea of imaginary friends having a world kind of that they habitate. Um, and I think, like, as as overpowered as, as it is, I think it was cool to be like, yeah, they, like, imagined a place for this person. And when they forgot this robot he still got to exist in his world in his, uh, you know, in his own little corner, uh, which I, I liked, uh, but it was weird that it was only him. Like we didn't really get to see any of the worlds of any of the other uh, like people. Like there was that weird imaginary friend chef. And I felt like he should have just been in a Popeye's, but I, I don't know. It just didn't, they didn't pan out. I didn't feel like they fleshed out the worlds of some of the other ifs uh, as they, as they did with the robot. Right. And speaking of Popeyes, where do you fall on the Popeyes versus Raising Cane's debate? That Whoa, is that the debate? I would have said Popeyes <laughs> versus KFC, but I guess in our universe, there are no more KFCs. They've all turned into present Canes. Uh, uh, is Canes canceled or is Canes okay? Did um, I make I, that up? It's, <laughs> I don't know why that made you laugh so hard. But, no, it's not canceled as far as I can tell, but okay. I, I've just like heard maybe a couple people like debate Popeyes versus Raisin Cane's in terms of quality. So like, I think in terms of quality, it's probably Raisin Cane's, but Popeyes is <laughs> my girlfriend's like, boo, that's wrong. Is she I in think the Raisin, room? <laughs> she's just all the way on the other side of okay. that house. <laughs> just heard me say that from afar. And it's like, what are you doing? Uh, but here's the thing. I think Cane's is probably better quality, but I love Popeyes. 
I will always choose Popeyes. Uh, is it the best? Absolutely not. Is it better than KFC? I also don't think so. But I will always right. pick Popeyes. There's something about it. Uh, I, I, yeah, there's something about Popeyes that I will always choose. Maybe it's that that like weird hot sauce that they give you, or that honey sauce that is not honey at all. Read the ingredients on Popeyes honey. There's no honey. There's no honey what? in it. It's just it's just like a sugar syrup that they flavored to be honey. But there's wow. no honey. It's not even honey. Uh, yeah. So that's where I stand <laughs> on All the right. great, great debate of Popeyes versus Cane's. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm personally, I'm just raising canes all around. Um, yeah. Like Popeye's, the few, the times that I've gone, I felt like it was kind of satisfying, but not as much as I would have preferred. Like the nuggets, they feel so like there's not much to them. And, and, and like this, you know, the biscuits and it, it's not just a Popeye's thing. It's also a KFC thing. Like the biscuits feel so dry to me. They're like not my thing. So oh. like with Raising Cane's, they give you that toast thing that that's like. Yeah, the toast. I really like. And yeah, so I'm team Cane's like all the way. I think you have a bad Popeye's though. Because I would say those biscuits are, they are maybe the greatest thing well, this I've, world has ever seen <laughs> well in the last couple of years i've been to one in bakersfield and one in um like silmar like up in yeah the you just named like two of the worst places. <laughs> <laughs> anyway now yeah. that we've gotten that out of the way <laughs> yeah speaking of honey um these bears are trying to oh, eat yeah, these this, bears. this imaginary friend who's actually made of honey. What do you think of the voice actor they got for this honey imaginary friend? Uh, yeah, I it, it quite the surprise uh, to have Mel Brooks uh, featured in this movie. Um, but uh, you know, I, I love old people cameos, and I think we should have more of them. Yeah, that's fair. You know, Mel Brooks <laughs> still kicking it in our so, universe. He's like 93 yeah. or something. And that other like, universe too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's in his 90s, like you said. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, but I feel like this gag lasted kind of long. You know, the bears chasing the honey guy and like just chasing him like all throughout the town and into the um, like this bar where they bump into a bartender like i don't know it kind of felt like it went on for too long it felt excessive like it, it feels a little i mean it's i think the movie struggles with balance between whether it's like just kids and whether it has more to say and i think this is one of those moments where i'm like they needed an editor like this was so i'm sure an eight-year-old would have found this like the most hilarious sequence of all time uh but I think it, it it lost a little bit of balance there as to whether it was needed or not. And I think it, it struggles throughout the movie of, is it like, oh, are we just goof troop all the time and here it is and, you know, feed me, feed me? Or is it like, oh, this is a movie that has stuff to say? Yeah, because I, I don't know if we 
said, but B and the man upstairs are like the only people who can see these imaginary friends. Yeah. Um, and so when the man upstairs goes to this bar and is like trying to catch the imaginary friends, like grab a hold of them, the people at the bar think that he's had like one too many. So it's kind of an easy joke right there. But right. Yeah. Which again feels like for kids it's like oh this is your perception of a bar like because you're eight yeah, <laughs> like, yeah like, like, like the design of this bar looked more like the old school like inside of a mcdonald's design where it's like all colorful and the shapes are like all playful and it's like wait i've been to bars this is not what they look like i've never seen a bar with that many lights on <laughs> yeah like, but then we come to learn that this was an imagined bar. And so this is sort of an oasis for like other imaginary friends who like in the back, I guess, like sort of play pool and have some drinks, which is really weird. Yeah. And there's just like the uh, stuff starts to break down. You start to notice things like, amongst the bottles of liquor there's like jars of pickles there's you slowly you start to realize like oh this is not this is intentionally a funky bar not just a real bar which again fits i I, what i liked about this is they like picked areas and then they made it feel like oh a kid made this place up and so like of course there's like a weird misplaced jar of pickles and like weird knickknacks and like gargoyle statues and all this weird stuff uh which like no bar has ever had uh but is fitting for like what this imagined version of a bar would be yeah for sure and we also get like there's a magician mouse voiced by Sebastian Maniscalco. And this was like shortly before like the earliest version of Mickey Mouse became public domain. But it, it kind of felt like this was supposed to be like a little copyright safe version of like, you know, when Mickey has like the magician hat and whatever. Like it kind of felt like a riff off of that but like a copyright safe version if that makes sense yeah yeah like they could play with that a little bit and not feel get any opposition or anything like that like just yeah like the hat instead of uh like a point like a triangle like a cone it's more of an octagon so yeah instead of the sorcerer mickey style it's it's got like a goofy He's still kind of, he's like almost identical in vibe, but not even close in look, except that he's a mouse uh, with similar color pattern. Uh, But the, yeah, they did. It's, it's like all there, which again, like intentional or otherwise feels so like a kid where it's like, oh yeah, this is Mickey Mouse, except for these very significant differences uh, that I've imagined to make him my imaginary friend version of mickey mouse yeah it it feels like the kids who imagined these things were very intentionally trying to riff off of the things that they grew up on but make it unique to their own vision which was very much the opposite of what i tried when i was a kid as i mentioned earlier Um, yeah 
<laughs> um, what'd you think of John Krasinski's character in this movie? It's uh, he's been doing this thing recently where he really tries to not be funny. Like, I, I, not that he's trying to be like dark or weird, but he like he's playing like a very not serious, but he's he's not doing the gym thing. Uh, right, he's not looking at the camera. Right, he's not, and he's not like kind of playing like lovable everyman. Like, uh, he's very he's very straight in this very straight man. Um, he plays uh, B's dad, uh, who she. He's divorced, so she doesn't really see him all that often. Uh, and it's very, like, <laughs> and not that I don't think John Krasinski's a good actor, but, I, <laughs> like, anytime he does something that good, I'm like, whoa, yeah, dude. Like, you were, you, it's there the whole time, and I just forget because usually he's, like, doing something goofy or, like, funny, and... I don't know. Rec- like most of his recent stuff has been in line with this, so it's cool to see him like continue to stretch in that way. And it's a very, it's like yeah, one team, fantastically, one might say. Oh my gosh! Yes, <laughs> uh, for the Fantastic Four movie that's coming out in our universe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but that actually does lead to something that ends up being really sad, which is. You know, since he's not around as much because, you know, of the divorce, um, there are scenes where you see him and he's talking to B and, you know, like being advised, being a good father and all that. But later in the movie, you realize, oh, that's actually an imaginary friend based on her dad. And like when you actually see her dad, like in real life later on, he seems very cold and emotionally distance so like uh krasinski's really acting for two here and it's yeah basically like you know dad versus dad and i was not expecting this at all this is like one of those moments where i'm like how did we have chase the bears through a bar and then 45 minutes later have a like dad revealed to be not dad like it's the it's such a good move and it's so weird yeah and also like the musical moments like we mentioned like you know there's the dad song like oh i am your dad he's not your dad like you get them singing and they all sound like randy newman for some reason which makes no damn sense whatsoever it's the it's the downfall of a randy newman musical yeah <laughs> But we do get, like, uh, the musical moments, there are some good ones. I mean, we get, like, kind of a nice duet um, between two of the two of the imaginary friends. Oh, um, yeah. Between um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character, Blossom, and Emily Blunt's mm-hmm. character, the unicorn. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, again, talk about powerhouses, but, like, they have a, a really touching duet because they they're both imaginary friends ifs who have been forgotten right so they're uh you know and they don't know how to find uh some of the imaginary friends are like uh they find the man upstairs and so they can be remembered and be seen again at least by him 
Um, but most of the Imagineer friends have, haven't found their person. And so they're totally forgotten. They're just sort of living life, you know, trying to figure out what to do next. So, uh, I thought that was really touching and, uh, a genuinely good song from old Mr. Newman. Uh, like, which, yes, he's got it in him. He's written good songs before, but it was cool to, to see, uh, something that, that tasty. Yeah. Uh, the way that Blossom, you, you know, the flower imaginary friend was found was, you know, B has this app on her phone called Flower Farming because she likes finding different kinds of flowers in mm-hmm. all sorts of places. And I don't know how the app developers know all the flower locations. That seems very ridiculous. Again, it just seems so OP. But she ends up finding Blossom because of this app and uh that's when you get the song where she's like i'm just a flower lost in a field of lies if i'm imaginary can i really fly you know that song yeah oh yeah that that song uh (laughs) definitely up for an oscar uh in our universe (laughs) (laughs) it is like a, a flower in a field of lies though like it hits hard and it hits home yeah, cause especially because of society, you know, like I think everyone knows what I'm talking about, you know. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah, all these imaginary friends, like, I mean, it, it gets so strange. Like, you've got Octocat played by Aquafina, who is basically a cat with like eight tentacles. And it's like, who comes up with this? She eats a lot of pizza. That's kind of her shtick. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm not, uh, <laughs> yeah, she's there. There's a lot of like, we get to a point where it's just like dump where they're just like, here's another one. Here's another one. Here's another one. And they do a good job and the, and the people do it. I think it's just like, it's the, again, they're like, maybe this movie is only for kids. And so it's super short, like 82 minute runtime, which I think leads to like us not getting to flesh out some of the characters. I think there were lots of cutting room floor scenes with a lot of the side characters um, in exchange for kind of pushing the, the human storyline. Um, I feel like we were just missing some stuff. Yeah. Cause there's a moment where the man upstairs is talking to a buddy of his, you know, at the, um, at, at this restaurant called chip time where I guess people just like sit down to eat some chips. Um, And it seems like his buddy um, who's played by Steve Carell here, like it it feels like they had, you know, Steve Carell voices blue, but also plays this guy. Uh, It kind of feels like they had something more in mind for that character. And then later in production decided, well, it might be too confusing having, this be a prominent character when there's an imaginary friend we could have this as the voice as so let's just get rid of this friend who for all we know could provide some insightful stuff about like the relationship with a man upstairs and like yeah he sort of just disappears that character like his friend um at that restaurant i think they're kind of I, I, again, I think maybe they, in a in a weird moment of subtlety, I think they're kind of implying that he's not real. 
Uh, oh, you think so? Maybe, but it, it it like it's left ambiguous. This movie is so weird because yeah, it makes just like blew my mind. <laughs> it's weird because they make these moves that are like full masterful death strokes, and then and then they've got in the next scene they've got like uh uh what's his face uh Matt Damon and Christopher Maloney who are also both in this movie uh playing two characters uh, two imaginary friends in like a chase sequence again like a Scooby Doo esque total stunt ridiculous sequence and it'll go from that to like super heart, deep heart uh everything right uh, yeah it's weird <laughs> yeah it's very weird what'd you think of the you know the fact that for a huge chunk of this movie they're calling ryan reynolds the man upstairs like what'd you think when they finally explored like why he's called that instead of like an actual name oh all right well here's the big spoiler alert yeah. uh loyal fans of the podcast because he's an imaginary person. <laughs> uh, and B has been making him up this whole time. Or at least her version of him, right? Ryan Reynolds is a man upstairs who she has met. But the version of him that we've interacted with in this whole movie that we've seen uh, for the bulk of it is all made up in B's mind. Uh, so when we actually see the real him, at the end of the movie, I think I think we see the real him at the beginning of the movie, and I think then we see the real him kind of towards the end, like it's the real guy. And I think B is trying to see like how much of her imagined life for him is real, uh, and he's pretty plain Jane. We don't get a lot of details about him, um, which is kind of uh, again this movie like hits hard and hits home. Yeah. Uh, there was like a little hint that you know b like her mother would like you know she appears very little in this but what we gather from that relationship is you know whenever b is having a bad day her mother is like just pray to the man upstairs and we so what we learn is that oh so this is b's like she's gleamed that from that line and so right. it's almost like her imagined version of God, basically. But she's like not imagined it like how some people typically think of God. Like she imagines, oh, what if he's like a man who literally lives upstairs, place in a building, and and it also feels very Toy Story. Like there are some toys who know that they're toys, but Buzz doesn't know that. He's a toy, so it's like, oh, I guess some imaginary friends know they're imaginary, and some just think that they lived the life that was imagined for them, which really yeah. gets into like Blade Runner stuff right there. <laughs> it gets so existential yeah. and scary. No, it's <laughs> yeah, it gets real, real deep. Uh, you know, in a in a tough way, um, because it 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 
like I don't know. At the end of it, I was just questioning, like, okay, so who were the characters? It, her dad was real, but also not real. Uh, the man upstairs was real, but also not real. Like it was like any time. And also, and also this this movie is not real, and what we're describing <laughs> is not real. What yeah. is real? <laughs> <laughs> shh, shh, shh. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like it. It, 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 it really like inceptioned you by the end. You were like, wait, so what even happened? Like what, what of this should I have cared about at all? Yeah. <laughs> Cause like by the end of this, like B learns like I'm trying to grapple with like what it is exactly that she learns. Like the two like, older male figures that she thought she could trust were actually just imagined by her. So like, is that supposed to say she can't trust anyone or that she has a power to trust in herself? Like, I kind of feel like the movie was a bit muddy on the message it was trying to convey, you know? Yeah. It felt like by the end, it got a little like twist happy where it was like, here's the twist. Here's the twist. What's the meaning? I don't know, but here's the twist. Like, uh, which, you know, makes for a fun movie, but I don't know. I don't know if I bought it by the end. I was a little tired of it. Yeah, I was especially tired when they sort of over-explained it via song. Like, you know, the song that's called What is Real? Like, how would that one go? Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it went like, what is real? What is real? I f there's like a funky line, and then it was what is real? Like, what is real? <laughs> Yeah, there's a little it was, kazoo in there as well. Yeah, it like which <laughs> honestly felt very Randy Newman, and of course is the song that he chooses to reprise in the credits, uh, singing himself. Which honestly, I liked his yeah. version better than Bobby Moynihan's. Uh, <laughs> which uh, he's like a cameo at the end, and it's it's weird. It's everything you expect it to be, a delightful and very strange. Yeah. Um, also, we forgot to mention Fiona Shaw plays B's grandmother, who's like, she doesn't really get much to do, does she? She's in maybe 45 seconds of this movie. <laughs> like, like, again, it feels like one of, those, one of those things where some stuff got left on the cutting room floor, and it's like, what's what was originally supposed to go on here? Like, do they really think this would be more commercially successful if they play more on the kid angle like what went on here not 100 percent sure like it it feels a little feels a little loose like they played fast and loose with with a lot of strong cast people and uh and not a lot of plot <laughs> yeah i, I feel like there have definitely been movies like that where they have a really strong cast, but then the results just end up being lackluster somehow. Again, like in the end, like I know they were trying to go for like some heartwarming thing, but it was like this weird moment at the end where B <laughs> looks at both of her dads and the man upstairs and at all the imaginary friends who uh, we forgot to mention, like they actually were able to find a home for all of these friends. So you, you want to tell the audience about that home? Oh yeah. It's, uh, it, it is like 
a massive it feels very foster's home for imaginary <laughs> friends uh it's like a massive kind of boarding house um but uh it's run by or like all sort of based on terry pratchett Discworld stuff um like it each it's, room it's on is, top of a giant turtle yeah and each room has like a different uh famous Discworld theme so there's like the like kind of the guards the 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 watch has its own sort of room and some of the imaginary friends are drawn to that there's like the witches and some of the imaginary friends are drawn to that like they find like a really from the mind of Terry Pratchett like a yeah. uh, a really cool place for them at the end which is nice like and I think B is able to let go of some of her friends that way and i think that helps her break some of the illusions you know that she has about her dad or the man upstairs she's able to think more uh about them realistically than than in the imaginary world that she's creating yeah and like at the end she sort of befriends a real friend um you know one of her classmates who showed up like earlier in the movie but they don't draw too much attention to him, but he introduces himself at the end and he's like, hi, I'm Benjamin. And it seems like they're going to be good, real friends. Um, but by this point, because of all the twists, I'm like, is he real? Like, I'm not sure yeah. I trust this anymore. I'm not sure if it's the final twist. Like, and she created another character. <laughs> yeah, I, I was almost like expecting like, the um saint elsewhere ending where it zooms out it's all in the kid's head or whatever yeah yeah like <laughs> it it would have worked if they'd done that but they probably left that on the cutting room floor <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> they oh, thought, this man. is this would be too heady for a kid's movie it, it would leave them feeling disillusioned and whatnot yes um, maybe much like the ending of time bandits you ever see time bandits oh my god yeah it just ends the ending of that like, is so weird his, his parents died it just ends Spoiler <laughs> for time bandits. his parents are like microwaved to death they explode and he goes mom dad and the movie ends it just yeah, ends there. i think even like zooms up like yeah. out of the world and into outer space <laughs> and it's like what what is happening what even is that movie <laughs> that movie's an acid trip in, yeah. in all verses <laughs> yeah, it, it came out on my birthday but long before i was born <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, nuts that's wild um so yeah, like, and like I said, there was that moment where she looks at both her dads and the man upstairs and kind of smiles as if she is so sure of herself now, but it's so not fleshed out that I'm like, I don't know what all this means in the end, like what's gonna happen with the dads and with the man upstairs, like it kind of seems like there will be like the music and the mood of the scene feels like it's all gonna be a happy ending somehow, but they didn't it felt like in favor of going with the 82 minute runtime, it was like they decided not to spend too much time on a denouement when really that would have been very much appreciated by viewers yeah. like us. 
this movie definitely ends and they make it feel like an ending, but it does not conclude. There's no like actual resolution to most of the movie. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, like it, very few people could get away with that. You know, maybe David Lynch, but John Krasinski or the studio that forced John Krasinski's hand. Like, what were you doing? Yeah. Who is who made this movie? I think this was uh, Paramount. Yeah, it was distributed by yeah. Paramount. Paramount production company, Sunday Night Productions, Maximum Effort. Yeah. Ha. Huh. Paramount just trying to trying to force its way in. Yeah. So, is there anything else you want to say about this movie before we go into uh, final thoughts? Honestly, uh, uh, I still recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> dancing penguins and all like it, it if nothing else it makes you laugh it makes you cry you think about it uh and it's pure chaos if you want to see pure chaos in a movie sign up for if <laughs> it's great <laughs> all right so what would your final like I guess you already said final thoughts. So what would your score out of 10 be for this? What would your unit of measurement be for that score? Uh, yeah, I would give it, I think, four and a half chip times out of 10. Uh, chip time, the, it, it's funny. It is the most child concept. Oh, yeah, it's a restaurant where there's, you eat chips. Yeah. Chip time! It's great. That's wow, one of the top five parts of the movie. Yeah, I give it four and a half. It's uh, it's delightful. It's silly. It's goofy. It tries way too hard. I'm not sure if it's supposed to be Oscar worthy or just for a bunch of kids with whoopee cushions. And I don't think it knows either. <laughs> like I think it oscillates between the two uh, and needed to pick a lane. Uh, but it's, uh, the cast is stellar. There's not a single performance in this that is not fun and enjoyable to watch or listen to. Uh, the, my, my only critiques are that the plot is a, is a disaster. Uh, <laughs> but otherwise, uh, <laughs> like, that's a pretty hefty one. Uh, but like everything is done with absolute joy. Everyone commits to this movie 110% even if maybe some of those performances are, are truly under a minute. I cannot imagine shorter performances from certain actors. Imagine. Uh, but it's... Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's still really fun. It's still really goofy. It's uh, it's worth the watch. Maybe just wait for Paramount Plus. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, for my score, I think I'm going to go higher and... I know people are going to think this is like way too high for this movie, but it's my gut feeling and I'm going with it. I'm going to go, <laughs> I'm going to go five out of 10 kazoos. Um, oh my God, the kazoo. Yeah. And also fitting because we're in season five of this podcast, but yeah, it feels like a half baked movie. Like there were probably more ingredients in place and they decide to just get rid of some of them. And um, it's like, ultimately, I don't know what this movie wants to be, what it's trying to say. Uh, so yeah. Some of the music felt, you know, very derivative um, in places. You know, some of it felt like it was from Randy Newman's other works. Um, I didn't think his rendition of 
imagine toward the second half of the credits was very good to be honest imagine that no people yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's a little louis armstrong it's a little louis armstrong (laughs) zz if you try it's a little better (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so overall like yeah it could have been much better um but i would still recommend it if People, you know, it's one of those movies where people can gather around and maybe make a drinking game, take some shots responsibly, of course, like while watching it. Um, Like maybe one whenever you realize, oh, this character is imaginary. Oh, wait, this person I thought was real is imaginary. You know, all of Yes. Whenever you get wasted if you drink every time there's a twist yeah so maybe just uh, one sip at, at a time because uh, like we don't want to be responsible for people ending up in the hospital yeah we um, don't condone the drinking game right yeah i, I use, also use think root beer. <laughs> yeah yeah i think kids will love it so if you're out there with kids i think it's maybe because there's no plot it's all fun and games yeah. and then like and then emotion and then all fun and games again it's like it is the life of a kid and so i think if you've got you know kids that are looking for a fun movie this is the right one yeah i can see that you know kids before they truly develop actual taste you know yeah Um, i mean yeah (laughs) yes there there are some movies where like if like once in a while i'll critique a movie and then someone will be like well i enjoyed watching it with my kid and they loved it and that's all that matters and then i feel kind of bad for critiquing it and it's like what am i supposed to say now like how am I supposed to respond, you know? Yeah. If you need 82 minutes of your kid watching a movie, here it is, baby. <laughs> 82 minutes, you can do something else while your kid watches this movie. Yeah. Then play, take it. Yeah, play that pinball computer game for like the 90s or early 2000s yeah. or whatever. Yeah. From Windows XP. Yeah. Oh, that was a nice Randy Newman impression there. Oh, yeah. It gets worse. I, like, can't find it. All right, well, I guess I'll do it. Thanks for joining me again, Vinny. Um, Is there anything you want to plug, like, social media or any improv stuff you're involved with? Sure. Yeah, you can find me, Vinny Tangerlini, on on Facebook and Insta. No X for me. Uh... (laughs) Uh, although in our universe, it's still Twitter, uh, um, and, and Bill Gates owns it, which is the same. Uh, yeah. And I just call uh, it X in the plug for like the lols, you know? Yeah. Just for the lols. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you're in, uh, if you're in the universe that mostly listens to this, um, uh, and you want to go see that alternate reality version of me in, uh, Chicago, do a lot of stuff with malarkey comedy and comedy sports, uh, which is in downtown Chicago. Come check us out. Um, and I occasionally post funny photos on Instagram, uh, you know, like once a year. So be looking out <laughs> for that post. You know, it's a new year. I'm due for a post. So be looking for it. it may come early. <laughs> yeah. I mean, on Instagram, the, the limit to like you can for a, one post you can only post up to 10 pictures at a time like yeah that that kind of kills it for me like at the end of last year um 
for all the concerts that I went to, you know, I finally, oh, yeah. I finally got around to posting my photo album of when I went to these concerts of the past year because I was so bad at posting them like right after they happened. But I posted the photo album on my Facebook and for my Instagram and other places, I was like, I have way too much photos to post on this platform. Here is a screenshot of the Facebook photo album where you can find all of them. <laughs> it's a screenshot of the album. Yeah, the top half is just a description and the bottom half is just a few photos, I think. I love that. That's great. Yeah. All right, so that'll do it. And the next episode will be about imaginary, that, that horror movie about some imaginary teddy bear friend or something. Whoa. Yeah, so a bit of a theme, I guess. Yeah, I um, guess. Yeah, but without further delay, have a good day. All right, now for the plugs, you can follow me at Steven Schinder um, on various social platforms, uh, Instagram, Twitter, or X, whatever it is in your universe, Threads, also Steven Schinder Storytelling on Facebook, and I'll also link my Letterboxd and Threads accounts, which you can find in the show notes. I'm also on Yes Shift, a podcast I do with my dad. And if you follow Drum Talk TV, which I do with my dad as well, check out the virtual concert series that we've started, beginning with the Kinky Wizards. Part of that virtual concert being on our social media and the rest of it being on the drum talk tv brilliance website and if you want to um uh gosh i'm rusty at this um yeah and yeah on yes shift um uh we've talked about musicians and interviewed musicians and we'll keep doing that so check that out and you can also email this podcast, Delayed Replay, via delayedreplaypodcast at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Because why not? Um, yeah, so you can also... I think that's pretty much everything. Uh, the other me from that other universe uh, doesn't really have much to say or review but let's see what he has to say and then we'll call it a day hey everybody so it might have been nice to hold off on the what if review uh for this episode but um one thing i'll add you know non-spoiler you know for marvel's what if is that i quite like how there's a certain thread from season two of what if that sort of can you can draw a connection to the recent marvel show echo which i thought the show was fine overall i i like that it's bringing in more diversity but i can't help wondering that maybe lots of people went in for kingpin more than anything and like that was the only bit of marketing that i saw and it gets me excited for daredevil born again but i do wonder like will echo the character stick in people's minds and be remembered very well and utilized in future things uh I, there were a couple 
like, like there was a throwback thing at the beginning of one of the episodes that cinematically I thought was really interesting. But yeah, I didn't think it was bad. It was just fine overall to me. Uh, the pacing was kind of weird in that I I could feel some of the slow pacing, but then the episode would be over before I knew it. And anyway, it's five episodes, not too much of a commitment. And there are also some images that came out for What If Season 3, you know, promo images. And one of them, front and center, shows Sam Wilson, you know, the new Captain America. It's been really weird that they haven't been able to work him into any Marvel project since Falcon and Winter Soldier ended in 2020. Or actually, maybe it was 2021, but it just feels like so long ago. But... Yeah, I feel like they sort of indirectly addressed those concerns, you know, showed the image and didn't really say much or anything at all from, at least not that I saw about people's concerns, but nice to see that he'll be back at least in that show. And yeah, just hope we get more of Sam Wilson, Captain America and the MCU going forward. Speak of Dizzy Plus, a friend got me to start watching the Percy Jackson series and so far way better than the movies which I decided to watch just for the heck of it like those are terrible but the show like first couple episodes pretty solid so I might have more thoughts on that once I get caught up and once it's finished perhaps um and yeah I'm looking forward to some things coming out this year in this universe or things got delayed uh, you can actually check out my friend's podcast uh, ipc intergalactic peace coalition where people submitted their top five most anticipated films of the year and so i submitted a list and this was a lot of fun and they read it and talked about the top fives and yeah really cool stuff uh so i guess that's pretty much it i mean star wars bad batch trailer it looks pretty good uh, i was worried that they might contradict a certain clone wars novel but they said that they're uh no there are no spoilers but they'll keep it like take it into account so that sort of relieves my worries uh the avatar live action uh, last airbender series I'm not sure what to make of it. Um, I miss the vibrant colors of the animated show. There was only a hint of the humor, but even then it's more humor than the film that is much reviled. Um, but yeah, I don't know yet if this will be substantially better than the film. It's still kind of hard to tell. So for that one, I might wait until I hear from people I trust. But yeah, I'm very interested to see how things play out this year. And yeah, keep listening to Delayed Replay, and without further delay, have a good day.